Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. Boom. Recording is started. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. So, Socratic method. What is it? <laughs> it's funny because you, you we had talked about talking about this. And I was like, okay, yeah, Socratic method. Sounds good. And I'm like, as I'm nodding in my head, I go, I don't know what that means. Like, it's one of those things for my whole life. I'm like, oh, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, use the Socratic method. And then I'm like, what is the Socratic method? Well, know. you know how when we're talking about like, hey, Mo, what are we going to talk about on the upcoming podcast? I'm a super, super selfish person, uh, especially when it comes to business and things like that. So how how I often come up with topics is I ask myself, what do I want to learn about? And then I'll see <laughs> if my best friend Carter will learn about it and then he'll teach it to me. So I don't nice. have to do any of the work myself. <laughs> That's not true because being a good listener and being somebody who expands on ideas and, and, and clarifies things. That's very, very important. So that is not doing nothing. That is being a good oh, sound kind. So it's, it's very important. So no. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I decided to, uh, to read and I, I re- I'm reading, I have not finished this book, which is, I always like to clarify that, but there's so much in the first half of the book already that I wanted to talk about it. And the book is called The Socratic Method, and it's by a guy named Ward Farnsworth. And what I liked about this book, and I wanted to pick something that was practical, because Socratic Method tends to be something that people get very academic on. And you and I are not huge fans of the the academic idea of something. We want to figure out the nuts and bolts. Like, okay, that's a nice idea, but but how do we put this into practice in our life? Because that's to me is much more important. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really care about ideas. I want to, I want to test stuff. I want to try it out. And that was the goal of this guy's of Ward Farnsworth book. And he even says the analogy of rather than a zoo animal, which is like the idea of like, you go to the zoo, you see animals. It's nice. He likes the idea of a farm animal, like an animal that's like, has a purpose, like, okay, that, you know, we're going to ride the horses and, and herd the cattle and do all the stuff that we watch on uh, Yellowstone every week. And I pretend that I know more about being a cowboy. And I'm like, oh yeah, the Four Sixes Ranch up in North Texas, you know, all that kind of stuff that we can now fake because um, Taylor Sheridan has blessed us with multiple good shows that allow us to pretend like we know something about cowboying with all the, the farm animals. So it's, it's a more practical way of looking at it. And what I've well, it's true because really, when you go to the zoo, right, like in theory, those animals can do, I mean, in theory, it's just whatever your imagination can come up with, right? Yes. But academically, if you were to talk to one of those characters that actually works out yeah. there in the four sixes or on Yellowstone, one of the fictional yes. characters, they would be like, nope, that's probably not a good, uh, the giraffe is not a good animal to uh, hurt the cattle. Because yeah. we've actually uh, we've we've tested the uh, you know what to do and what not to do and what animals to use and what tools to use and all that type of thing. We the the idea of theory versus what works in the real world. Yeah, yeah, that that that's perfect. And um, one of the quotes that's in this book that I really really liked 
was the Socratic method replaces the love of holding opinions with the love of testing them. And I thought that was probably my favorite part because I think that uh, taking stock, especially now that we are, we're just about at the end of the year, good Lord, we got nine days left of 2021. And I always think it's important to go through the year and think about the different goals that you might've had at the beginning of the year and what happened and what didn't happen and, and take stock of, in many ways, taking stock of the different beliefs that you have and re-examining them, like going through your different belief systems, seeing what's worked, seeing what hasn't worked. Do I still believe the things I believed a year ago? I think it's important to do yeah. that. And for a lot of reasons, but I think that as we grow as people, like, like when people always give somebody crap for like, oh, he said they believe this thing and now they say they believe something else. And it's like, like it's a bad thing to change your opinion. You on know, something. and you know, I have an, uh, a very strong opinion on that. And, and especially in terms of investing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because your ideas on investing will change as inform as new information presents itself. Absolutely. And so yesterday I could have been like, I'm going to invest in this because at the time, this is the information I had, but as we know, life in the world is dynamic, right? Like uh, things like a pandemic can change the information that was put in front of you. And now your ideas on what you should invest in, what you should not invest in, those things will change. But people want to hold you to well, like what you said yesterday. Yeah. And that's just being a fool to think that your opinions can't change based on new information. And in reality, they should. But let me ask you this to, to walk it back, because there's still some yeah. people, including myself, that don't even know what is the Socratic method? What is that? And where did it come from? So um, so it came from Socrates, which basically um, a lot of the information we get is from re really Socrates himself didn't have any written documents or things like that. Most of what we know is from Plato and from Aristotle. And to bring this since the jiu-jitsu of life, bring it to jiu-jitsu terms, basically Plato was Socrates' black belt and Aristotle was Plato's black belt, if we're going to use the ph philosopher black belt idea. Like so it. we get a lot of our information from dialogue and, and, and things that were written down and a lot of discussions that may or may not have happened. A lot of this stuff, I think a lot of people get fixated on like, well, is this what this person actually said or blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's basically the idea of trying to come to the truth in different scenarios, trying to figure out... Um, you know, if you have a set of beliefs, if you have a set of definitions, are those definitions, do they really encompass what something is? So there's a lot of conversations between, you know, the classic one they keep talking about is the idea of courage and what is the definition of courage. And amongst that definition, there's going to be a lot of exceptions. So it becomes harder and harder to really pinpoint, like, what is something like courage? What is the definition of that? And What's interesting is the the um, basically there's there's something called alenkus, which is where somebody would make a claim about let's again say courage. Okay, well courage is is you know holding steadfast and being persistent in the face of great danger, and it's like okay, well that's that's a definition of courage. And then you'd say okay, well so you're saying that persistence in this courageous situation is a good thing, and they're like yes it is. Okay, well what if somebody is persistently doing stupid things? Well, is that good? Is being, you know, is that is that courageous? Well, no. 
Okay, so persistence isn't always a good thing, and and you know showing the the contradictions between something, and what I really like about this author is he's saying that historically people always think about the Socratic method as a way to basically win an argument between people, and it definitely can be effective to do that, but you have to remember, Socrates was sentenced to death. This can be something that people find highly annoying, and this can be a terribly annoying way to be if you're always trying to win arguments. So what Ward Farnsworth talks about is that really you want to use the Socratic method on yourself. You want to use it on your own thoughts, your own opinions, your own beliefs, and really challenge your own belief systems and test them out and really see like, am I doing this the best way? Is this what I really want? What are you going to say? And what I wanted to say there is that not to go off on a tangent, but I think that this is also relates just what you said really relates to how people get along during the, even on the holidays. I know that there is just um, like human nature for some people to always want to have conversations to prove other people wrong. Like, let me find my buddy Johnny today. And as soon as Johnny says anything, we're going to have this debate because that's the type of person I am. I got to prove Johnny that he's wrong. And I got to prove Mary that she's wrong. But man, that is so true. People need to stop doing that. And you just need to focus on yourself. Like, stop trying to worry and question everybody else's beliefs, right? Especially during the holidays. Question your own beliefs and try to come to your own conclusions and truths. Yes. And and, and so... It's funny you say that because I, I thought about this today because uh, I, I, I drive a lot. And so I listen to podcasts and things like that. And I always find myself starting to pick stuff where I agree with the person. And on a lot of stuff right now is COVID stuff, of course. And I have pretty strong feelings about things. So I I start listening to people and they're, they're saying things that I agree with and they're being annoyed at the things I'm annoyed with. And I was dry, I was about to head back home this afternoon and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I need to listen to some new podcasts because I'm listening to things I agree with, but it's making me mad. It's making me annoyed at things that are happening that really actually don't affect me. I'm, I'm reading about things that are happening in California and, and New York and I'm getting annoyed because I used to live in California and I, I, I know people that still live there and, and I'm getting annoyed for them. And I'm like, well, that's silly. <laughs> Like, why am I like, why am I doing this? I'm I'm sort of putting myself in a position where I feel very like sort of self-righteous and all these things. So I started listening to Jay Shetty. Remember the guy who uh, like life is a monk or think like a monk or whatever that think book like was a called? Monk. Yep. That which you gave me, which is a great gift. Thank you. And I, I read he, that book. Does he have a podcast? He does. And and it's he really good. He does. And he was listening. He was interviewing these uh, twin women who are from. Palestine originally, and they they grew up in Saudi Arabia and London, and they have um, this whole beauty line that they do, and they do fashion, and they do uh, their DJs, and all these different things that I'm I'm not a fashion guy, as we can tell. I'm definitely not a DJ. I'm definitely not wearing makeup. Um, but I was like, it was really interesting to listen to very to young people who had very interesting ideas about things. It was very positive. There was no politics. There was no COVID talk. There was no anything like that. And I'm like. This was delightful. I'd never heard of them before. They even had an idea for like a, a type of lipstick thing that I told my wife about. She got very excited and I sent her a link to that. So I'm like, this was a, a positive thing. And I was like, 
it made me challenge my belief of being like, I just want to learn more about this COVID stuff versus being like, I think I kind of know what I need to know on this. I think I have my conclusions on this. I'll go around and test them again in a few months. But for now, I feel pretty solid about the conclusions I've reached. Why don't I give myself some new experiences and get to meet, quote unquote, some new people and have some new positive energy rather than just recycling? That's kind of what like Socrates was doing, right? Like just random people, different people approaching them on the street. Yeah. Got to a point where you'd be walking with your wife and you're like, oh, my God. Mary, we got to turn around the other way. That's Socrates. He's waiting for us. It's it's funny, man, because it's. I thought this guy was smart. He doesn't know anything. Well, that that was that was what was interesting too. Is that the author uh, Ward Farnsworth talks about? He's like, don't try and decide whether you think Socrates won this argument or not, because it's not really the point or the specifics of the argument. It's more the idea of questioning and, and looking for consistency in argument and and the importance of that or maybe it's not important like they like becoming comfortable with certain contradictions as well acknowledging that they're contradictions and being like i know that i'm being inconsistent and i'm aware of that i acknowledge that and i'm okay with that and 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 you know almost almost yeah. questioning socrates's idea that consistency is so important maybe it's not and that's okay you know what I mean? And, and becoming, because yep. to me, it's like the ultimate thing is that you have to question the person who is telling you to question things. And that's something that like, because I'm so, it's so well, easy. Question everything, right? Yes. It, but I mean, it, it's because to me, I mean, that's what it, philosophers, that's, that's what they, they do. Yes. Yes. And I, I think that for me, we always talk about kind of knowing yourself and knowing your own tendencies. And my tendency is to be an overly optimistic sucker. Like I'm a like in pro wrestling terms, I'm the mark. I am. I'm always the mark. So like anytime I'm reading about or, or learning about a new workout thing, I start listening to it. I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing everything wrong. Oh no. Like, and I start thinking about it, I'm like, oh well, I used to do this, but huh, I've learned now that I've been doing everything wrong. So I this guy says curls are bad. No more curls for this guy. All done. Never again. And then it's, I have to take a step back and be like, okay, why is this guy doing this? And it's like, well, he's 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 setting himself up as a contrarian. Well, everyone's been doing this wrong, but now I'm. Well, why does this sound so familiar to me? Oh, because I've listened to another ten guys who say the same thing, but their solution is different than it. You know what I mean? And and so now I see the pattern with it, and it doesn't mean that the person is presenting total bogus information. There may be a couple of good gems that you can pick out, but just remembering that their their angle is to say that everyone else is wrong, which they're not going to all be wrong, but they still may have some good information, but just sort of understanding the the glasses with which I need to look through what this person is saying. And so it's kind of by knowing knowing that it allows me to actually like, cause there's, okay, so, so Colby, our buddy Colby, uh, has been doing this thing called functional patterns. And he's sending me shirtless pictures of himself, which is very disturbing. But um, but it's like showing like, oh, look at my posture. It's getting better and I can walk better and all this stuff. So I'm going, he bought me an evaluation with these guys and I'm going tomorrow. And um, I'm excited because I'm like, oh, it's such a nice gift because it's expensive and all that stuff. 
But at the same time, I'm like nervous because I'm like, oh, God, I know me. Like they're going to say, like, why don't you sign up for 20 sessions and I'll just throw down the credit card and I won't even think about it or whatever. But I'm I'm, I'm like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to get this evaluation. I'm going to appreciate the time. I already bought their little online courses and I've been watching it. And there's some good information. There's some good stuff. But I know that I know my body best and I know how to make progress the best. I will take the information that I can get, but I am not going to put myself in a situation where I got to drive down to Clarksville three days. Like, I know me. I know my patterns. But I'm not going to be like, no, nah, this is stupid. I'm not going to go, bro, either. You know, it's like trying to find that own that balance and, and understanding, like, I have to question my own beliefs. But I also, also have to listen that somebody's – the reason they do evaluations is just like they do evaluations, just like a contractor gives you a bid. And then the first thing a contractor does is they point out all the things that were done wrong in the property. And by having the experience of dealing with people and dealing with people that are in a business to make money, okay, now I have the freedom to sort of get the information, the good information, but not commit to something that I really don't want to commit to. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, I feel like the, now, 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 of course, we'll talk on Friday. I'll be like, I signed up for six months. I don't know I what know. happened. I blacked out. I mean, like, you know, but it's but it's just sort of knowing your because there's other people I know that are like they think everything's a scam. And I'm like, come on, like you gotta you can't go through life that way either. But as long as they know, like they're sort of coming at things from an overly cynical point of view versus me, and I think you as well. Like we're like, no, this could be great. This could be unbelievable. Like, I, you know, you don't want to miss out on anything. And it's like kind of. Well, but yeah, because you don't know. Sometimes you I mean, that's that's part of it. Right. You don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. And, and you don't know until you know. Right. Until you try it. You don't know that it doesn't work or that it was a waste of time. There's yes. always that possibility that it could be something that could be life changing for you. And look, what keeps us can what keeps us putting down the credit card is there have been a few instances where yes. we have bought a product or we've bought something that really has affected our lives for the better. And we don't know if this next thing we're being sold on could also improve our lives, right? Yeah. So to each his own. What I really like about the Socratic method is the idea of critical thinking, of going beneath the surface. And something that's so big, it's always been a big topic, but I think, you know, with social media and everything like that, this idea of being an uh, open-minded person. Yeah. So many people will argue, and nobody likes to be told that they're closed-minded. Like, it's an insult, right? If somebody tells you, oh, you're a closed-minded person, yeah. everybody's reaction to that is going to be like, what did you just call me? But in yeah. reality, so many people are closed-minded because people will never question their own beliefs for the most yeah. part. Now, here's the other thing. When they do decide to question their beliefs, they only obtain evidence on things that are going to support their existing beliefs. Of course, yeah, cognitive right? bias, yeah. yeah. 100%. And this is why I like Charlie Munger's kind of idea of business where he's like, look, how do I determine what I'm going to invest in? It's, I, I, try, to find, I try to find every reason in the world not to invest in something, and if I can't, yeah. then I'm yeah. going to go ahead and invest in it. And I like that idea of critical thinking where I have this pre-existing idea, something that either I was uh, taught socially um, that, you know, and, but now I want to question it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cross-reference and I'm not going to look for other people that support my existing beliefs. 
I'm going to look for people that try to tear down my existing beliefs. And then I'm going to truly be open-minded and see if they have any valid arguments or points. Mm -hmm. Now, somewhere along the way, I may not believe 100% what I believe anymore. And I may not even 100% believe what the person tearing down my beliefs believes. That's a lot of beliefs in in one sentence. (laughs) But I may have come up with something in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, that, that's, I, that's yeah. finding what, that, and sorry to cut you off, but that's, I think that's f- truly figuring out what you truly believe because it's, especially today, there's so many people that are so good at being influential that if you just listen to a person explain their point of view or their theory about whatever it might be, man, by the end, it's, it's really hard not to be sold. It's really hard not to. So a lot of, Figuring out what you really believe is listening to both sides of the argument. Because if you just listen to one side, it doesn't matter what side it is. It's pretty damn convincing. Most of the time, it really is. And the problem is, is that if you start thinking, okay, well, that's what I believe, then you're right. You start getting cognitive bias or cognitive dissonance or whatever the term is. It's so easy to do that, to have that bias nowadays, Carter, because when you have this belief, whatever you Google, whatever you research, yeah. more articles that support what you believe continually pop up, right? Exactly. And it's a new exactly. expert, it's a new PhD, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a new doctor. And yeah. you have this, you'll, you'll begin to believe like every, all these really, really smart people yeah. believe the same thing that I believe. I must yes. be right. Everybody else is wrong. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think that's one thing that COVID has really shown us is that are there experts? I don't know. You know, because it's one of those things that especially, can you be an expert at something that's happening in real time? Probably not. Like the COVID story, the truth about COVID is not written yet because we don't have enough time. It needs to be something where it becomes endemic or they find a complete cure or whatever it is. It needs to be in the rear view first before anyone can really be an expert about it. Because right now, it's something that's happening in real time. And, 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 so, and so, oh, doing a full circle, yeah. so many people were angry when the people that were in positions to make decisions, yeah. one day they would say, we're gonna do this. Yes. And then the next day they would be like a complete 180. They're like, no, yeah. that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And people yeah. would get so upset because they were like, well, we, you know, you said this yesterday and today, but again, it's like you said in real time and as information presents itself, and this isn't everything. I mean, this is in business, yeah. this is in life and yeah. your opinions and your ideas and your beliefs should change as the information presents itself and as yeah. better information presents itself. Yeah. And I guess the, count on bad ideas out of the ego. Like That's even though the true information has presented itself, there's enough evidence there now for them to make a very logical opinion on something. Yeah. And just out of not wanting to say that they were wrong, will double yeah. down on a bad idea. Seen it yeah. in investing, lots of oh, times. Yeah. Seen it in, All, in relationships. Yes. And I think to me that's why um, maybe on the flip side of that too, when you have pretty consistently questioned your own beliefs, really looked for what you view as the truth and and sort of looked at different sides, like you've said, 
and you keep coming to the same conclusion over and over again, at a certain point, in my mind, it becomes okay to kind of just turn the volume off. And that's where I'm, I feel like I'm at with COVID and stuff like that. It's like, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp of what's going on. And all this stuff I'm seeing on both sides of the argument sort of solidify that more and more to the point where I'm like, I don't want to keep having this input because I don't think that it really helps me at this point at all. And I would like to get some new input on things unrelated to this because sooner or later, this will be in the rear view. And in my mind, I'd like to put it in the rear view now. So I'm just going to act accordingly. You know what I mean? Because it's like, there's a whole industry of like people that are invested in continuing this on for as long as possible because it puts them as an authority figure, it gives them more power. Uh, and the way they're doing that is by constant fear. And then there's a whole nother industry of people that are in the complaining about how this robs you of rights. And this is, you know, turning into fascism or dictatorship or whatever you want to be, but it keeps people listening to them that agree with them. And then on the fear one, it keeps people in fear that are, that are in fear. And it's both like flip sides of the coin in a way where it's like one side says they hate it. The other side says it's something you should be afraid of, but they both secretly love it because it's got people tuned into them on either side. And in my mind, I'm like, I want to talk about other things. I want to find out more things in life because there's a whole world of wisdom out there. And this to me is ultimately a distraction and I don't want to be distracted. So that's where I'm at with that. And I'm thankful of things like this book because it's giving me the confidence to know that I'm like, okay, I feel like I've examined these things. I will go back periodically and re-examine. You know, my opinions may change, but for now it's like, sometimes it's like, it gives you the confidence to say, oh, I'm going to put a bookmark on this and I'm going to move on to something else because there's other things I, I want to learn person, about. If, if someone's using the Socratic method, let's say they, they're trying to make a decision today. Yeah. How do they re-examine things? What, what is it that they do so that, that that way they're not just supporting their pre-existing ideas? You know, here's an idea. Um, so if we, I read a book about the, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And this happened during JFK's presidency. And there was sort of two incidents that happened fairly close together. There was the Bay of Pigs, where it was sort of a by proxy invasion of Cuba. And then there was actual Cuban Missile Crisis. And the Bay of Pigs was a big disaster. And a lot of people felt that Kennedy had made the wrong decision, but they didn't say it to his face because it was like one of those things where you don't want to be there's there's sort of societal and social pressures, even at the highest level of things where people are supposed to be the contradictory ones. So one thing that they did is they started having people argue the other point of view, maybe the point of view that they didn't even believe in. So like, okay, I think this, you think this, okay, you're going to argue my opinion and I'm going to argue your opinion. That way, I, th I think that might be a way to do it. So in other words, if you're you know, and it may involve using another person, but I, I think for a lot of things in life, argue the opposite opinion of what you have and argue it fully and, and, and sort of delve into it as much as possible. And then argue the opinion that maybe you do have or the one you're sort of leaning towards. And if you have somebody who's good and thoughtful and can help out, 
you kind of swap opinions and then I swap opinions that. again. I think that's a really active way of doing it because you, you, you know it's you know what I love about that idea so much, Carter, is it, it, it you, when you really think about it, and this is in theory, I guess. Um, but man, that could really bring some people together, right? It could. Like, let's Absolutely. say I had someone. A um, lot of people are going to be having a Christmas dinner together. Yeah. And you got that one uncle or aunt or cousin that's going to be there that you love a lot, but they always just have a different opinion from yours. And for whatever what reasons, it creates a lot of tension and conflict. Wouldn't it be so great to like play a game almost and say, okay, look, this is the topic and you and I disagree on it. But today I'm going to take your stance and 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 today you're going to take my stance. And the goal is to win, to win the argument, win the debate. And man, I think that what you start to find is you start to build this common ground and you begin to understand why each other think the way they think about a certain uh, situation. I agree. And, And that's what, you know, they always say the key to empathy is to walk a mile in another man's shoes. Well, this is the way to do it. This is a very active way to do it. It's because I think that one thing that's frustrating politically and socially that we see right now is the total disparaging of the other side. And I have people that are on both sides, you know, people in my life that are on both sides. And the thing that's frustrating is that I think I've got good people that I know on both sides and both sides want what's best for the country, what's best for their family and what's best for people at large. Like there's that, that good intent on both sides. And a lot, and it's just different mentalities on how to get there. And the problem that I see is a lot of times it's like so they're destroying the country, they're doing this, like they're stupid, they're this or that. And it's like by finding the commonality that you're talking about, and then realizing it's literally just a sort of a different application of technique or a different allocation of resources or whatever, then you really can start going well. Okay, maybe we spend more money doing this. We could do this. Maybe we, like it becomes a more of a compromise, a more of a of a figuring out, you know, getting down to making an actual negotiation versus just being like you suck and you suck. And and I think that's a great way. I love that idea. And I love the the part that you the detail you added, which is you want to win the debate because then it's no longer mocking or being a, a parody. And when you see like bad comedy on late night. And it's always just sort of a stupid parody or a mocking parody versus something that has truth in it. Comedy is funny when it's true. And when it's true, it's it's like that. That's that's when you're saying a debate. The truth is you want to win a debate. You want to win it. So when you have that element of truth, now you're no longer going to make a mockery of somebody's point of view. You're going to go, like, OK, where are the parts that really make sense in terms of winning the debate? And you're right. Then you may be like, oh. I never thought about it that way. That really does make sense. So, man, I I, I like this idea, Mr. Siddiqui. We're gonna have to uh, have to put it to the <laughs> test, though, because we got to test somehow, all these somehow ideas. Somehow you gave me credit for your idea, but I'll take I'm, it. I'm not gonna I, I've made a whole career. Of, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm I've gonna made a whole career of of uh, getting credit for other people's really hard work and and man. great ideas. And uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Good stuff today, the Socratic method. Um, You know, I wish we would, uh, you know, this is not going to drop till next week, but uh, a belated Merry Christmas to all the people that celebrate. And uh, to re-listen to this episode or our past episodes, make sure you go to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Be sure to check us out on Apple, iTunes, like, review, subscribe. Shout out to Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. 
Be authentic. Robles, we make custom geese. Yellow Pine Investments makes custom warehouses. Check them out. Check out Calum Callista with Sneaky Submissions. Check out Steve Hordensky, Jiu-Jitsu on the go. And check out Chaparral Moving. If you're in the Austin area, they got moving down to a science IMO. That is my partner in crime, Carter Fisk. As always, we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.